Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she's so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside? She still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Fredericksburg? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Fredericksburg. On this episode, with the midterm elections coming up, we're going to replay our interviews with the people that are going to be on the ballot this upcoming Tuesday. Also, if someone, let's say a um, large, huge group of people said they were coming to your house and you told them no, but they blatantly ignore what you said and continue to come to your house, wouldn't you do whatever you need to do? To be prepared when they come. From the highways of America, here's the podcast where we talk politics a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that, from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And welcome. Welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat. It's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. Yeah, we got to get through this really fast. I want to make sure I get a couple of points out about this migrant caravan before we get to our interviews but so yeah like i said so you you know you have someone that said they were going to come to your house and you told them no better yet let's say there was seven thousand people that were coming from central america (laughs) and they were sitting it was coming to the border it was coming to your house to your door and you said um no uh one uh we would like you to come a another day or come a better way and but you know they just totally ignore what you said and continue to make their way to your doorstep so if this was like your house and you've told these people no and they continue to come towards your house to your door then i'm gonna do what i need to do to be prepared when they get there because obviously they don't care about what about my authority in my country in my door at my border so that being said i from hearing that i guess you can tell i have don't have a problem with president trump sending troops to the border because these people have been told no they continue to come and so we're going to have a situation sooner or later at the border 
because of all this. Now, think about it. You have people both on both sides who are not only just right now with this situation, but in general, just telling illegal immigrants all the time to ignore the law, just continue to come here because, you know, for reasons because we just, you know, one, I guess I've said Democrats um, tell them because one with the potential votes that they will get out of it eventually. And I would say short sighted Republicans are, are joining in because they, some of these, you know, Republicans like the cheap labor that they get out of it as well. And I say short sighted because then not you might get a cheap labor, but then cheap labor out of it. But then you, you know, have all hundreds and thousands of, of Democrats voting against you. So anyway, just wanted to wanted to bring that up right quick because you know I, I've seen from a number a number of people as far as when they talk about illegal immigration and I've heard some people that support illegal immigration because they feel like well you should um, they support illegal immigration because you should do whatever you need to do to take care of your family because people are desperate and, and whatnot and okay you know they like well just just because you're breaking the law that's fine we don't we don't care because you're doing whatever you have to do for a better future for yourself or your family and i will say that is the sort of logic that you hear about other criminal acts as well i mean you hear from other drug dealers saying that well i did this because i needed to provide for my family that's why i sell drugs so that's why i did take your pick whatever criminal act they were like well i did it for my family so i should be forgiven um no so that's not the case because now I'm not saying I'm above that. I can think of a situation where, where I might be in that, that position, but I won't go around boasting about it. And if I am caught, I will, you know, deal with the consequences of my action and not feel entitled. Like I supposed to be here. How dare you, you put me in jail for providing for my family. No, I broke the law and I should pay the consequences for that. So, Whew, wow, I got it all out. Anyway, <laughs> um, I have more on it, but like I said, we need to get to these interviews. And um, like I said, um, election, election day coming up, November 6th, go out and vote. So first interview going to be with Willie Billups, then Naomi Levin, and then uh, Senator Ted Cruz, and then Ron Wright. So that's all, that's all for me until the end. So here we go. Pleased to have Willie Billups with us. He is running for U.S. Congress in the 33rd District in Texas. How you doing, Mr. Billups? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much. So, so first thing, I guess, just tell us a little bit about yourself and also, like, what inspired you to run for a representative? Okay, a little bit about myself. I'm a retired Army officer, 20 years in in the military, 12 years Marine Corps, 8 years Army. Uh, 20-year cancer survivor, you know, colon cancer took my mom's life when I was six years old and she was 35. Um, so that just went over my 20-year anniversary. Uh, so, you know, I'm really interested in this healthcare deal because, you know, my uh, my kids have an interest in My kids are at risk of uh, being exposed to colon cancer because it's genetic. I'm a small business owner and I'm a father of four. What inspired me to run is I'm tired of all of the gridlock. I'm tired of the lack of representation. I'm tired of the partisanship going on in Washington. We don't all agree politically. We all have different views. But our representatives ought to be able to go to Washington and accurately talk or be able to talk to each other to work out, to work 
issues that are important to us the people, that affect us the people. But instead, they go to Washington and they fill it with so much of us and them and special interests that they get nothing done. And we got to put into that stuff. Whatever happened to putting the American back in America? Like, I've looked over, you know, on your website as far as, as, far as the issues. Given that you just mentioned health care, um, one thing I wanted to ask you is, like, of all the issues, like, what is your what is the one issue you're most passionate about? Oh goodness, um, there's several, but um, we could, criminal justice reform, healthcare. Healthcare affects me and my family. Criminal justice reform, because you know, as a as a young man growing up, I didn't have my father in my life because when I was one, he got locked up in prison. But one of the things that, uh, and over the course of the next thirty years, he was in and out of the prison system. And I'd like to see us uh, address some of that. I'd like to see us actually deal with that. Um, and I believe that that is something that our U.S. Congress can take up, and we can do that through uh, some criminal justice reform. And that'll be – we can do that with simple four or five simple steps. Number one, let's make sure that people that come out of prison got a high school diploma because most of them in prison don't have that. Let's make sure that – number two, let's make sure that we address any sort of addictions or mental health issues when we get these people in the in the penal system, in the criminal justice system. Therefore, when they come out of prison, that those issues have already been addressed and they're on the path to recovery and to becoming a productive citizen of society. Number three, let's get them a skilled laborer trade, you know, masonry, masonry electrician, uh, carpentry, I mean, huh, CDL driving, own the, driving, driving the truck. I mean, I own a trucking company, and uh, I do pretty well to take care of my family. And uh, that's a great skill to have. Um, and people coming out of prison, that's something they can do, and it doesn't cost it doesn't cost much money to invest in those people so that they can take care of themselves. Number four, let's get them a guidance counselor, maybe a year or two out before they get out of prison so they can develop a plan and be on a path uh, to be a productive member of society when they get out of prison. And number five, let's get them a way that we can repay some of this training, some of this cost, of our rehabilitation so that it's not passed on to the normal taxpayer and the taxpayer feels some sort of way, uh, feels some sort of in, uh, way about the prisoner, some person coming out of prison, being taken care of in prison and getting all this training just to be reintroduced in society. And lastly, let's, after they've been out of prison for a while, let's get them a, let's, let's give them a clean bill of health, meaning let's, uh, let's put that record away and give them a chance to actually start over. You can go out and apply for hundreds of jobs, but if it shows that you're a criminal and you don't have any training, you're destined to go back to prison. Let's put an end to that. Let's stop this revolving door on the prison system. Oh, okay. So, you know, one thing in particular as far as uh, getting able to speak with you, especially in the past week, because this race is in the, in the house, I don't have to ask you anything about Judge Kavanaugh, which makes it very refreshing because I don't have to talk about that right now. But but the thing about it is that even though with all the drama that's been going on around that, one thing that kind of flew under the radar is um, a lot of spending, like uh, a major spending bill just passed like a couple of days ago. And, you know, not many people knew about that because everybody's focused on, on what's going on with the Supreme Court. But I mean, you here we go again with more spending, and I just want to ask you, what do you think about all the spending that is going on, and what you plan to do, if, you know, when you get to Washington? I think that this is a double-edged sword. 
this is a double-edged sword, and I'm going to talk about the good and the bad. The good thing is, is we got a we got a bill to keep the government open, and we're not holding the fiscal to. We're not basically threatening the people who need the uh, services of the federal government by threatening the shutdowns and any of that stuff. We actually got to spend the bill through. That's great. The bad part, and this is the tragedy of it, we got way too much spending going on. Why are we spending money we don't have? Spending money we do not have is fiscally irresponsible, and you can't do that. It doesn't work in your personal finances. It doesn't work in business. There's only so much credit that you can get that you should be able to get, and that goes even for our country, and we shouldn't be servicing so much debt. We've got to put, we've got to get ballot, we've got to start passing balanced budgets and balanced legislation. We've got to get better and become more of a fiscally responsible government. And I intend to definitely bring some of that fiscal to be fiscally responsible and to, and to help balance the budget. We got to start doing that. Yeah, I, I mean we've been going on on and on. I mean basically like every couple of months it just seems like it just keep. I guess. To me, it just seemed like just like kicking the can down the road, and just uh, sooner or later it was going to come to a head. <laughs> but um, you know, sooner or later, all of that is going to come up. Sooner or later, I mean, it seems like everybody puts it off until somebody else gets in office. Well, let's push it down the road a little more. And a lot of that comes from the spending. A lot of it comes in the special interest stuff. Stop the special interest. Let's put the American back in America. Let's pass a budget that the American people can live with. And not a budget that's going to come that is going to be so filled with debt that it's going to come due, and our children have to pay for that. Yeah. So right now, how how's the campaign going? And um... uh, the campaign is coming along very well. We are building up loads, tons of momentum. Um, you know, somebody said it best: the train is on the track, and once it gets started, you can't stop it. And right now, it's definitely moving down the track, and it can't be stopped. There's a lot of momentum going. A lot of people are taking notice. A lot of voters are reaching out and letting me know how much that they agree. They're letting me know how much that they uh, they're paying attention and listening. So the campaign is, is and how much I and more importantly, they let me know how much I resonate with them. That my story is a story of theirs, and and how um, inspired and energized they are. So the campaign is going really well. Um, before we let you go. Just you know, anyone that is listening right now, and and especially that are in the in the metroplex, and you know that are you know in the area to vote for you, let them know like wh- why should they vote for Willie Billups, and also I guess tell them like where the thirty third district in Texas actually is. The thirty third congressional district in Texas is uh, in between thirty five uh, Interstate thirty five E and Interstate thirty five W, in Dallas County and uh, Tarrant County. In Dallas County, it expands from uh, from Farmers Branch down to uh, Oak Cliff, coming down, and it goes into all of South Irving, south of 183, and then it goes into Grand Prairie and Arlington, uh, North Arlington, um, East Arlington, North Arlington. Then it goes over into uh, Fort Worth. When it gets into Fort Worth, it expands from the uh, Saginaw Stockyard area all the way down to uh, Oak Cliff, uh, not Oak Cliff, but uh, Forest Hill Everman right before you get to Burleson, and that is the district. It also includes South Holcomb City. So those are, the, those are the areas of the district, and why should they vote for me? Well, this is simple. I'm not a career politician. I actually have a history of serving this great nation, serving the people. Uh, I have committed to the people, and once before, 
to serve them and to serve them alone. So I, that oath and that commitment still stands strong today. Uh, as a service member, we take an oath that says, you know, uh, I, Willie K. Ghost, we solemnly swear to uphold and defend the Constitution against all enemies, both foreign and domestic, and I do hereby swear allegiance to the same. That is an oath that is taken to the Constitution. And then when you take an oath to the Constitution, that is an oath to the people because the Constitution was made for the people. It is the people where the government gets its authority to govern. It is the people that, that legitimizes the government. It is the people that the government should be responsible to. And the people, I'm asking people to vote for me because I want to be a representative and serve the people and to serve them honestly, faithfully, transparent, with commitment. And so I want to be that representative that the people know that they see always, not just when the cameras are around. I've served the people before. I ask that they trust in that service again and allow me to serve them again selflessly put the people over politics. So, well, if people want to, I mean, if even though people like myself maybe couldn't vote, but if they want to help out or want to reach out on social media, where would they go? Okay, so you can find me on Facebook, and that's at Billups for Congress, and that's at Billups, B as in boy, I-L-L-U-P-S for Congress. Um, you can find me on Facebook, or you can find me on a, on, the internet, on a, the World Wide Web at www.billupsforcongress.com, and that's my last name again, B as in boy, I-L-L-U-P-S, billupsforcongress.com. And on that website, you can find ways, on the website as well as on uh, Facebook, you can find ways to reach me. You can find ways to get in touch with the campaign. You can also donate on the website and on Facebook. Uh, so there's, there's a couple of ways. Also, if you wanted to get some of the text messages that we sent out, you can text Willie, and that's my first name, Willie, W-I-L-L-I-E, to 53445, and that's text Willie to 53445. And that puts you in contact with the campaign, and it tells you out when we're out block walking, if I'm at an event, what am I doing, what's going on. All right. Willa Bills, thank you so much for your time, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk again soon when you're in Washington. Thank you so much. You have a great day, and I look forward to chatting with you again. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. Hello, this is Trend Chat. We are pleased to have Naomi Levin with us. She is a candidate in the U.S. Congressional District 10 in New York. We wanted to bring her on because of a number of reasons. One, we want to ask about the campaign, but also of an instance that happened a couple of months ago as far as when it comes to fundraising. It's something that I guess kind of hasn't really been on the radar. It's just something that we wanted to talk to her about. So, Naomi, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Brian, and it's really nice to be on your show. And, um... Everything's pretty good. First off, I guess let my listeners know, where is District 10 in New York? Yeah, sure. So District 10 goes from about 113th Street and all the way down the west side of Manhattan to Battery Park City. And then it crosses the bridge and is also in Borough Park and parts of Midwood. Okay. Very long and skinny district. Yeah, I remember looking it up on online seeing that seeing the map i was like okay it just kind of goes <laughs> well i guess before we really get into anything i guess tell us a little bit about yourself 
Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, just very briefly, my parents fled the Soviet Union in the late 1970s. My mother and father brought us here. Um, and, well, we were. They have three children. We're all born here, um, and they place a lot of value on the freedoms we enjoy in America. And they instilled in me a sense of public duty and a responsibility to maintain them. And I'm running for Congress to give people a choice in New York. My slogan actually is, we have a choice. Many of the constituents in my district, which is the District of Ground Zero and the District of Wall Street, they haven't felt represented by the current leadership. My campaign has three key issues, reducing our tax burden and our regulations, school choice, and strengthening our national security. Okay. Now, with the... Most people kind of know when it comes to doing campaigns, there are a lot of aspects to it, and there's a lot of hard work, and, and one component of that is fundraising. And so it seems in the past couple of months that I guess you can say, I guess the platform that you were using all of a sudden decided to not want to have Republican candidates at all. Right. Yeah, you know, when that happened, I, I got blocked from the crowd crowdfunding website called CrowdPAC. Uh, you know, they wrote... Because your campaign features a Republican candidate as a recipient, it will be suspended in 10 days' time. And then, sure enough, it got suspended. And, you know, I felt pretty shocked, especially because I think it's antithetical to their mission, which they claim is to make the democratic process accessible to a wider scope of people that were able to compete with our opponents who have the advantage of corporate funding and name recognition, you know, especially a 13-term congressman that I'm up against. Um, so... I really think that young candidates today are facing a modern-day David and Goliath story. We want to participate in the political process. We want a fair fight and where the winner is chosen based on ideas and policy initiatives, not based on our party affiliation, and um, ideas that will improve the lives of hardworking Americans. So this was a big blow for me. Now, I saw an article that they posted on um... – a website called um, Medium, where they said that they were against Trumpism, whatever that means. But now against Trumpism, right? right. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And did they ask you about? Well, did you ask them to define Trumpism? And did they ask you as far as uh, wanting to know about you personally when it comes to your values? Right. So I was going to ask them. I didn't include that in my letter, but. That was a funny statement because I didn't actually have a single place in my website, and I don't today, that mentions Trump. So they really have no basis to assume that um, you know, I'm somehow endorsing Trump. I actually don't even really know what they mean by Trump. It sounds like, it sounds like other people are confused as well. And it just seems to me like they're trying to justify the censorship against a Republican candidate by making sweeping assumptions about our positions. Yeah, so I, I'm guessing if uh, anyone that's going to ask, I guess they'll probably refer to this article where they kind of go through their value and try to to define whatever Trumpism is. So I guess, and they use this to count Republican candidates through extra scrutiny if they want to be on their site because um, they suspended all Republican candidates from using their platform because of this. If now from the article, I. I I think they had like three three values on there, and I was just gonna go not gonna just read the whole thing, but like the first one was participation. So they said we value participation. Now from the start, given the fact that what we're what we're talking about right now, that should be a little asterisk on there because um, 
for one, they're excluding you from participating by taking you off <laughs> off their platform. So yeah, that's not really absolutely. participation. <laughs> so now, so in that little in the paragraph, they basically they bring up you know their their problem with Trump or Trumpism, the audacity of someone wanting to have voter ID laws. You know, how, why should you have an ID when you need to vote? So and mm-hmm. also investigating voter fraud and I mean, there was a number of issues that I feel like if you read this paragraph, this helps both sides. This helps all involved. But yet, it's, I mean, unless, you know, uh, you know, one party tends to benefit from these um, sort of things. But, you know, I digress. Right, but right. just, I guess, let me ask you, you know, what say you about these values for participation that they put in this article? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so crucial, and especially for young people, because we're far more active online, and this helps my generation get more involved in the political process. So, you know, website like CrowdPAC, you know, has the potential to be very helpful for that, Um, you know, and, and I agree that that's important to do, and instead, you know, what we're seeing is censorship, and, you know, if I could just say that I think censorship is extremely detrimental to our democratic values, regardless of our ideology and our viewpoints. Um, you know, and, and just for example, if today we see it suppress Republicans, we see it suppress messages of ideologies that are different than yours, tomorrow it could suppress messages of ideologies that you do agree with, right? That's the danger. Uh, so this is, you know, cause for concern for, for our generation, for sure. Yeah, and and so... Going into their next value, which, you know, for you in particular, it may be of more interest because the next one is about we value facts, science, and evidence. In that paragraph, they mentioned, uh, you know, about using, uh, well, saying that, that President Trump used alternative facts, fake news, propaganda, and obstruction of investigative norms. Like, and when I hear that in the, in the paragraph, I'm thinking, okay, fake news like what? Like, you know, showing children in cages? Or showing children mm-hmm. screaming like the time cover, like that type, type mm-hmm. of fake news, or or the propaganda from, you know, Hollywood celebrities promoting every liberal agenda policy that they can in every form of media. I mean, or or obstruction right, of right. Or, or obstruction of investigative norms. Okay, Hillary Clinton. That's all I need to say about that. So with the so with the background in science and engineering, how do you respond to those mm-hmm. claims? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think you can't pick and choose, um, you know, which side you scrutinize. So, you know, everything should be open to scrutiny and, and open to that. You can't just selectively shut out and criticize one side. Yeah, I'm, I mean, well, let me go to the next one because I, I was going to mention this after I mentioned this last one that they had in this, sure. in this article. They said that we value diversity, which I, I feel like they – they left out a word in there, especially given from reading the rest of this article. I feel like they left out one word in there that they should have put in. I'm going to put it in for one. We value superficial diversity because it seems like they, it's all skin deep because diversity of mm-hmm. thought is, is not, not so much. They really don't care about that, especially given the fact that they are excluding Republican candidates from being on their forum. You know, and from that, it was basically – I guess to kind of sum up, it was basically just calling the president a racist. They said they, you know, reject Trumpism, which is in this whole article. 
right? And but yet, on the at the I guess if you want to put it on a scale, they embrace socialism. I mean, because they also have other candidates who are open socialists on this form. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't understand why, okay, it seems like this whole supposed to be open and nonpartisan platform has chosen a side. And I, I feel like you and other and other candidates have um become victim of that. Yeah, you know, I find that there's such a partisan rift today and it's hard to have a dialogue. And I do think that politicians should be judged by their policy initiatives that will improve the lives of Americans and not based on their party affiliation. And you're right. I mean, there's a lot of um, picking and choosing based on, you know, crowd tax ideology, and I don't think it should be that way. Well, you know, outside of all of this that that has happened, um, I guess, how how is it going as far as finding, I guess you have to find another another platform to, to do fundraising? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I'm actually using social media quite actively and I have my website, NaomiForCongress.com, has a donate link. So if you'd like to support the campaign, you're welcome and, and encouraged to do so. I've been sharing links to, to my website and, um, and articles and, and press releases and things like that on my social media platforms. I'm Naomi11NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So please follow me there. And fortunately, there there are other ways that I can spread the message. And um, with your help, I can get it out to a wider group of young people, which is, you know, I'm I'm running on expanding opportunities for my generation. And and I would love to reach people in my district that um, are my generation and and support my ideas. All right. Well, Naomi, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. Hello, this is Brian Bledsoe, host of Trend Chat, also contributor at Politichicks.com, here to tell you about the new book called Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, with over 300 pages from contributors like myself, talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at Politichicks.com, and it's also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. This is Dana Lash, and you're listening to Trend Chat. This is Trend Chat at the NRA annual meetings, and we're very pleased to have Senator Ted Cruz with us. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific. How are you doing? Well, first off, it was a great speech, and you just wanted to ask, um, well, first, how's the campaign going? Uh, it's going very well. We've, we're seeing tremendous energy across the state. You know, these are volatile times. The far left, they're energized, they're angry, they hate the president. Uh, and so I've got a liberal Democrat running against me, Congressman Beto O'Rourke, who's running far, far left. He's advocating higher taxes, more regulations, open borders. He's advocating aggressive gun control and impeaching the president. Uh, And he's raising more money than any Democrat in the entire country. Uh, But the good news is there are more conservatives in Texas than liberals. So if we we turn Texans out, we'll have a good election. Well, I guess the news a little bit is that um, 
that President Trump, I guess, kind of re reiterated his um, endorsement of you. So how's that? Uh, very grateful to have the president's support, and I think we're getting a, uh, an enormous amount accomplished over the last year and a half with tax reform, regulatory reform, repealing the Obamacare individual mandate, confirming strong judges, rebuilding the military. We're getting a lot done, and we got a lot more we need to do together. I know one, I know one of the things that he mentioned is uh, as far as not being complacent, and um, yeah. that's definitely true. So I guess I want to ask you about that. Uh, no, I very much agree that, that our biggest challenge is complacency. Uh, if turnout will decide this election, we know we're going to see record-shattering Democratic turnout. We've got to make sure conservatives show up and vote. If we do that, we'll have a good election all across the country. And so the, the theme of, I guess, the annual meetings is a show of strength for Second Amendment freedom. I just want to ask you, how do, I guess, how do we all apply that? Well, we... Freedom doesn't defend itself. You've got to stand up and defend it, particularly when we're seeing a concerted media effort to come after the Second Amendment to push gun control. You know, my opponent in the Senate race, Democratic Congressman Beto O'Rourke, tweeted a few weeks back how proud he was that he has an F rating from the NRA. Not a D minus, not a D, an F. I promptly retweeted it. I said, look, elections are about choices, and if you want a big government gun-grabbing liberal, well, the Democrats have given you one. But if you want someone who will fight to defend your freedom and defend the Bill of Rights each and every day, you got that choice as well. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Great to see you. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and we are pleased to have Ron White with us. He is running for U.S. Congress in the 6th District in Texas. How are you doing, Ron? Doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me on the program. So, well, one thing I'm I'm particularly happy to speak with you because this is a race that is in the House, so I don't have to talk about anything that had to do with Judge Brett Kavanaugh. Cause <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can totally avoid that for this for a couple of minutes at least. But sure. I, I guess with the focus on the Kavanaugh know drama in the senate one thing that kind of flew under the radar is a lot of spending and in the past couple of weeks there like congress has passed another huge spending bill and the first question i want to ask is that what do you think of all this spending and what do you plan to do when you get to washington well i'm, I'm glad you asked that because it, that's an issue I'm, I'm very passionate about i've talked a lot about it in the last several months um you know, we've, we've done real well with the tax cuts and those kinds of things, but if we don't address the spending side of this, our country is in a lot of trouble. Uh, $21 trillion debt, um, $800 billion deficit for one year. Next year, it's going to be over a trillion. And even the most powerful economy in the world cannot sustain that kind of debt and those kind of deficits. And um, the interest on the debt is now about 6.8% of the total federal budget. Uh, and compare that with all the money we spend on foreign relations. That includes things like UN dues and, and even some of the military stuff we do. And uh, all of our foreign relations budget is only 1% of the budget. So um, we've got to have the courage to stand up and say, we're going to start doing this right. We've got to go back to regular order. We have to go back to actually passing a budget 
which has been years since that happened. They've got to stop these ridiculous CRs, the continuing resolutions to keep the government running. And the the omnibus bills that are just huge, and nobody knows what's in them when they vote on it. Um, the way we fund the federal government is just insane, and it's got to stop. You know, and also, not only that the spending is the atrocious part of it, but also, on top of that, there are no conservative policies that are part of these bills, because it just seems like just this huge spending bill going towards who knows what. Right. There, I, I think, uh, you know, Congress has kind of proven that it's incapable of governing itself when it comes to spending money. I, I believe we, we need to go back to trying to pass a balanced budget amendment with a tax limitation component. Um, I believe that that uh, that is that's a viable alternative to what we're doing now. It's going to be hard to do. But the main thing, Brian, is we need to elect people that will go to Congress and we'll do the right thing and we'll say enough of this we're going to do this right or we're not going to do it at all and it, go ahead oh, oh oh go ahead go ahead well i just i just think that that uh, a balanced budget amendment would work and uh, it would force congress to do its job and actually pass a budget which it hasn't done in years uh, it would require anything that any money that is budgeted to go through an authorizing committee and be authorized uh, so that you can't have these last minute omnibus bills where people slip things in and, uh, you know, for their pet projects or whatever and nobody knows what's in it. Uh, we've got to be more disciplined. And, and this is how it doesn't seem to matter who's in charge. Um, Republicans and I have to take my own party to task for this, um, have been just like Democrats when it comes to passing these kinds of measures. We cannot afford to continue to pile up the debt. We need to be leaving our grandchildren opportunity, not more debt. And so we've got to get our act together and start uh, conducting business on the spending side that's responsible and disciplined. Otherwise, our grandchildren are going to have to face the bill for this. Yeah, and also speaking of children and also taking you know, the Republican Party to task, is another aspect of this is that it continues to fund Planned Parenthood as well. and Which is an outrage. Yeah, and what I want to ask you is, so, I mean, what do we need to do? Because right now, I mean, Republicans are holding the majority in both houses as of right now. So, and but yet we're still funding Planned Parenthood. So what what do we need to do to finally stop doing this and continue to fund uh, fund Planned Parenthood, you know, time and time again? Yeah, let, let, let's first establish the fact that not every Republican is a conservative. True. Um, now every Democrat is a liberal, but not every con, every every uh, Republican is a conservative. And um, but but there is a majority of pro-life Republicans and uh, we need to do what we say we're going to do, and the Republican Party has been promising this for years, that we're going to defund Planned Parenthood. The president's behind it. He's, he's all for defunding Planned Parenthood. Uh, one of the problems that we have, uh, quite frankly, is we can get things done. Um, we can get things done in the House and not be able to get it passed in the Senate. That's one of the problems. 
Um, but there is no justification whatsoever for American tax dollars going to the largest provider of abortions in the United States. There's no justification for that. Now, one thing I want to ask is, well, how's the campaign going so far? Well, it's going great. Um, uh, we, uh, we're still ahead in the polls, and our, our fund, we're still fundraising. We're doing all the things we need to do. We've got a great ground game. Um, we were walking and knocking on doors. Uh, we had 50, a team of 50 people out that weekend before last, and, and then uh, we had a rainy weekend we lost, but then we're, we were back at it this past weekend. And, um, you know, we're knocking on as many doors as we can. We're going to be calling people to remind the, them to get to the polls. I've got a mail campaign that I'm going to start up. Uh, it'll start up right before early voting. Uh, people will start seeing my mailers again. And uh, that's going to help draw some distinctions between me and my opponent, who's, who's very liberal and would be completely wrong for Texas and for, for the country. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'll tell you this, our polling uh, indicates, and this may be the only time in my life I ever get to say it, that, but I'm out polling Ted Cruz and the president uh, <laughs> right now. So <laughs> that may be the only time I ever get to say that. But uh, no, it's, it's looking pretty good for us. We, uh, uh, we're not uh, on the hit list for the National Democrats, and it's still considered a, a safe Republican seat. Yeah. You know, one of the things is, you know, when it comes to campaign and uh, what it, on social media and whatnot, we tend to use a, a lot of hashtags to try to, you know, try to get the word out. And I know one hashtag is like back to bow tie, which um, I saw. And one thing I wanted to ask you, like, like what is the background behind the bow tie? I mean, there's some significance um, for it. Well, let, let me tell you what happened there. I, um, I've worn straight ties all my life. And seven years ago, my daughter got married. And I just decided on a whim that I was going to buy the bow tie that I had to tie myself, a real tie. And so um, I did. And a young man at uh, Joseph A. Banks taught me how to tie it. And so I did. And I tied it. And I wore it to the wedding. And then I wore it a couple of times at work. And, and then I didn't wear it again for a long time. And then my wife one day said, you know, I really like you in a bow tie. Well, that's all it took. I immediately <laughs> went down and bought six more bow ties and started wearing them every day. And the thing I like about a bow tie, uh, there's two things. One, it's kind of distinguishing because not a whole lot of people wear them. But the the other thing is uh, they never get in the way. Hmm. And my straight tie was constantly in the way. I mean, I would dip it in coffee and all kinds of stuff. So, but, um, but no, I, I really like the look of it. And, and so it's kind of become a trademark for me. Um, and so when I decided to run for Congress, uh, that was one of the one way to distinguish me from the rest of the pack was I was the only guy wearing a bow tie. Hmm. Okay. It takes a bold it takes a bold man to wear one. Let me tell you. Especially if one has to know how to tie one. <laughs> Especially. That's right. That's right. I, I never wear a clip-on tie. Okay. Well. These are all the questions I have, but I, I want to give you the opportunity for anyone that may be listening that um, if you want to tell people more or something else and to let them, you know, give them my ideas why to vote for Ron Wright. Well, well thank you. I, I appreciate that opportunity. I'd, 
you know, this this campaign's about principally two things above all else, and that is protection of life and liberty, life from the moment of conception to natural death, and and liberty, uh, including religious liberty that seems to be under assault everywhere, uh, because without liberty, we don't have a country. And uh, I want to leave for my grandchildren uh, a country as great as the one I enjoy today. And I want to go. I'm not going to be there long. I've, I've self-imposed in terms of term limits. Uh, I want to go up there, do the right thing, try and do some positive things for America, and and come home. Um, I'm by far the most experienced candidate. Um, I served eight years on the Arlington City Council. I've been the county tax assessor for seven and a half years. I was the district director, uh, director and then chief of staff for the current congressman. So I have district experience and Washington, D.C. experience that's uh, very hard to come by. So I can hit the ground running in January. And I really uh, ask for everyone's vote, everyone's consideration. We need to keep a Republican majority because if, if we lose the House, the agenda stops. The Trump agenda stops. The regulatory reforms stop. All the good things he's doing in terms of national security and foreign policy stop. Uh, and the Democrats, if they win control, will go right into impeachment hearings, and that will just be horrible for this country. So um, I hope everybody votes Republican all the way down the ballot. Uh, this will be the last year in Texas where you can vote straight party. And I think it's very important to get as many people out to vote as possible. But I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on your show, Brian. So how can people get in touch with you, whether through website and social media? Yeah, we have a website, Right right for Congress. Um, And then uh, our email is uh, ron4congress at gmail.com. And... uh, would love to hear from people. Uh, would love everybody's uh, support. We're looking for, uh, obviously, donations. Everybody wants that, and uh, uh, as well as volunteers. And um, again, thank you for having me on the program. I'm real accessible, very easy to get a hold of. All right. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks a lot, Brian. Yep, and there you have it. Lesson day is November 6th. You know what? This might be an unpopular opinion, but hey. If you're not informed about these candidates or the issues, you know what? How about you just sit this one out? Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today.
When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside? She still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Fredericksburg? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Fredericksburg.